sit down, take a chew and chew my money till we get it. Till we get it. Paul Wall in the Coopers, what was they talking? Money speak, all that bullshit keep it. Run the side, run the side. Three corners of entertainment, Los Angeles, Nashville, and Tulsa. <laughs> All three of us this, lined uh, up. This is the uh this is where uh who's in that are you in Nashville now, JT? No, I live in Tulsa right now. Oh, I had no idea. Oh Fuck yeah, they pay you to live here for a year. Damn. Hey, bad. Oh yeah. This is Robert. I think he said just has to walk away for a second, is what he just said, maybe. Robert, I'll see you in a minute. Wow, T C B. Well, hell yeah. What's up, dude? I think How you need you? to poop or something. I'm good, dude. How you doing? Are you, you in? Know, Sa- where do you live? You live in Santa Cruz? I'm in Sac, dude. Yeah, I'm back in Sac. Nice. Living, nice. In the, living in that 916, dude. That's the place to be. How's uh? How is everything? How's the Tulsa scene? You doing doing stand up out there? I just moved here. I'm doing a show like next week, or the twentieth. Um, that's like my first. There seems to be like one or like two or three people that kind of book every show here really really small scene i only saw i went to go see like the rory scoville show at like the comedy festival yeah. and then i walked over to like the local show after and so like i've met some local comics but i haven't really done a lot of comedy in tulsa yet absolutely did um yeah my uh you know my whole uh my dad's whole family's from oklahoma Oh, whereabouts? Uh, Norman is where my dad went to school at OU, and uh-huh. then, uh, but I think originally like the Tulsa area. He was born in Goose Creek, Texas, which I think is now a place called now a place called Baytown. But oh uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, my whole family's back. from from that area. It used to be called Goose Creek or Gooseneck Creek. What you guys call it? Goose Creek. That's a cooler name than Baytown. I know. I don't think Goose Creek exists anymore. Trying oh, my house straight. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And th- we don't publish the video or anything. Okay. It's just for us. Hell, yeah. My my first thought my first thought was interview you style. Just kind of ask you questions about... Because I don't yeah. really know much about you outside of doing comedy in Sacramento. Right, right, right. You've had an illustrious career over the past you know, I mean, 10 years. Yeah, right? I mean... I've had, I've had I've had some moments for sure. Oh yeah, gotten close on a, gotten close on a bunch of things. <laughs> Doesn't that feel great? Oh yeah. yeah. There's nothing uh, better than being up and being like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anyone until this happens, and then it doesn't happen. So it's like, well, see, like tell people, and I'm not sure anyone would believe me. It didn't happen. Right, I know. Yes, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, dude, I, when I'm feeling. Uh, when I'm feeling defeated, it's like I've gotten close on some things, but you know, when I really look at it, I've gotten to do so much cool shit that like, you know, 99% of comics don't get to do. And so, you know, I, I'm grateful, but still like, it's hard not to dwell on the shit that didn't happen that I could have. So it's more fun to be rotten. Right? I mean, it's, oh, right. like, oh, this whole world's against me. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Everyone, you were like that. You make more friends. You seem more interesting. You know? Yeah, it's so true. It's it's so how true. I add a little spice to my life. I know. I guess. Uh, I guess that's. Uh, I guess that's the, the the one perspective is like, I'm trying. You know, being bitter in your day to day life is. Uh, it's depressing. So. Uh, I try as hard as I can to just be like, 
Eh, shit's going fine, <laughs> you know. Regardless, uh, a day, another day above uh, above the ground, you know. What do old rednecks say? Better day. Well, a lot of the... stuff we're not going to say on here. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they say a lot of stuff. A lot, 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 of, Johnny. A lot of stuff that'll get us canceled. Um, <laughs> what do old rednecks say? Well, I, I reckon they have plenty of sayings. My yeah, yeah, they say a lot of things. They say a lot of things. Not mixed company. Um, <laughs> that is, um, I was at a bar in Arkansas like a week ago, and uh, I was like about to leave, and a guy very casually, just just because he asked what the number, we were talking about different languages spoken in Oklahoma. He said Vietnamese was a really popular one. He goes, I feel like Vietnamese people are mistreated in Asia. And I was like, absolutely. I'm sure, you know, all types of mistreatment happens to him. I swear to God, he goes, every country has a type of N-word. And I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm going to leave. Right, like, right. I'm going to check out of this conversation. Yeah. I was like, I don't think my, I don't think of being a hero in this Arkansas bar is going to end well for me. And I was like, right. I I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it's time to walk back to my little holiday inn. And it, this is the end yeah. of this. You, yeah. I hope you have a safe night. I want a safe night. I want a safe night, man. You yeah. have a safe night for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go see on the jukebox. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go stand over here now. Yeah. yeah I'm going to see if there's any cure on the jukebox. <laughs> really, uh, <laughs> really fuck up this uh, Arkansas bar. Robert, nice to meet you. You're back. Nice to meet you, Johnny. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, just my my wife, Katie, came in. Uh, she came in, and she noticed like our cat had like a cut on the back of his leg. So, oh no, I I needed to go help her out with that. But we got him patched up. Oh, kitty cat. That's sad. Uh, you know okay. cat? No, like, cause. She normally works from home, but today, like, she had to go in the to the office for a meeting. So. You know, the cat just kind of had the lay of the land. Dude, I totally, I totally thought you, you were like my cat. Usually works from home. Uh, I, was, I was like, <laughs> man, that my, my cat's amazing. That's, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. You know, the cat's been cutting again. Um, <laughs> we've been trying to, to get her not to. Um, well, I hope the cat's okay. I love cats. Yeah, he's he's not acting weird or anything, and. It looks like the cut's already kind of scabbing over. So. Okay. Probably happened a week ago. You guys just didn't notice it. Yeah, it could have been that. Cat, too. Cat's fine yeah. now. Cat's, cat's been begging like, oh, for help for weeks. Took care yeah. of himself. Cat's like, oh, now you give a shit. I see. <laughs> now you notice. Yeah, now, now you care. When a podcast is on, that's when you care. You, you have a fun name for your cat, right, Robert? Giuseppe or something like that? Yeah, it's Giuseppe Stromboli. Giuseppe. So French. Oh, it's Italian. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a French cat, right? Hey, we're not here to cut cloth about race science, all right? We do not draw hard lines for that on the pod. Robert lives in Nashville. I know Johnny from Sacramento. We met yeah. like what, like fucking 2010, 2011, somewhere. Yeah, that it was well. a long time ago now. Like uh, I barely, I barely remember a time when JT Kelly wasn't uh, in in my memory banks. Uh, yeah, I don't I think imagine a world without you. I probably met, uh, probably met you twenty, yeah, twenty eleven, maybe twenty twelve. It's been a minute for sure, probably ten plus years. So you want to know my first memory of you, Johnny? It's actually Let's, something I just remembered that I think is really funny. That's it. 
Uh, I remember, so I got a Facebook, like, within a few weeks of me starting to do comedy, because everyone that did comedy told me to get it. They said, that's how you, that's how you meet other comics, how you connect. It's probably growth. Okay, I'll do it. Right. And then I didn't know how Facebook worked. My second day on Facebook, I get an invite to a comedy show that you're either on or you're hosting. Uh-huh. And I was like, maybe like, I don't know, 17, 16, 17, somewhere like that. And I was like, Johnny, a real comedian invited me personally to go see his comedy show and oh, i was yeah. so touched and i remember i went up and i was like kind of everyone like hey do you like this comedian i know actually just invited me to see a show i was like he probably sees something in me probably probably he probably wants me to get on stage like in my mind i blew it up and i was like dude personal invite from the the only comedian i've met in Sacramento." and i was like oh what an honor and i went great show and i i, I remember kind of showing up and almost immediately realizing like oh that's probably just a thing you send to everyone yeah, like yeah. Facebook. I mean, you, there's a learning curve for that Facebook thing, you know. It I was takes, like Boomer. Takes you a minute to realize that these motherfuckers are just inviting whoever shows up on the suggested invite list. But I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you uh, took that as a compliment and weren't like, "Why are you spamming my feed with your <laughs> bullshit invites?" Which is what I do now. Oh yeah, I love doing that. I've been doing that for eight years now, where I'm just like, man, don't don't invite me to your fucking bullshit. <laughs> that was oh probably, man, back in the days before Facebook started cracking down on the like the mass invite lists. Too. Yeah, you can't really do it as much anymore, which is kind of a bummer because you know after ten years, you know I'm maxed out, and a lot of them aren't comics and. Like sometimes I just want to invite real people to a show, and what am I going to do? Flyer? Give me a break, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like it when people say, "Can you shoot me a text?" And I'm like, "Do you want me to shoot you a text next time I do a show and like check your availability? Like, will you want me to jump on a calendar? Like, right, I'll right. do it. Though. I will write a note in my phone. Half the time it's like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about?'" I'm like, "Don't you remember when you said you saw me at that one place and you wanted to see me at the next place?" And they're like, "Oh, weird, drunk conversation." I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm kidding." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just joking. Jk, Jk. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's funny when people. I'm like, I'm performing, and like, you have to send me your avails to come to the show like it's not even like man either come or don't fucking come you know what i mean i like when people be like do you have any shows on wednesday uh, well i no i know man <laughs> yeah yeah i usually work the weekend um one thing i love is when people you people will be like can i get on the guest list and they put them on the guest list for a show and then they'll text you that they can't make it i'm like you could have saved this text like i you're either here or you're not here and i have no control over that and honestly i'm really just trying to fill some seats you know it doesn't <laughs> i don't personally give a fuck if you come for the most i remember when i was like 21 maybe i started a show in austin and i was like i brought flyers to my job at a coffee shop and i left them at work because the next day i was going to come and like hand them out at like different places maybe to people at coffee shops walk up down the street like businesses maybe people i knew at shops like i was like i'm gonna go and flyer around and I showed up the next day, and someone just thrown all the flyers in the trash and poured coffee on them, so they're destroyed. And I, I remember just being like, "Damn, you haven't even seen my act!" Like, <laughs> I, I know, I know. Wait, yeah, you don't have to like it, not for everybody, but give it a, give it a shot, Courtney from work. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's hardcore. Oh yeah, you. How long have you been doing stand up for, man? I've been doing it since uh, 2010, so 12 years going on 13 years that's fucking sad i can't like i think sometimes i it's uh i told somebody the other day 
if someone if someone asks you like uh if, if you ask me how long they've been doing stand-up and it's 12 years they're either going to be fucking amazing or they're going to be absolutely dreadful there's no in, <laughs> there's no in between it's either somebody that got really good at stand-up or somebody that uh just never knew that they should have quit like 10 years ago like, oh yeah uh hopefully i'm the latter uh uh, the good one and not the real shitty one, but, uh, yeah, 12, booked. uh, yeah, I'm booked. I'm, you know, I gotta say, I probably like just, you know, internally, I feel probably, you know, I'm very good at it right now, but you, you get I'm definitely, yeah, I get to checks. The checks usually clear and that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, work, I work, <laughs> I work clubs that the checks clear. So, but yeah, for the most part, like it's weird just thinking back, like, dude, like I used to be so full of hope and delusion and now I'm just like, no, I'm getting booked. I'm very tired. But, uh, you know, after the pandemic, it's like, at least we're doing shows again. So, I mean, the pandemic's yeah. still happening, but now that no one gives a fuck about the pandemic, at least we're doing shows again. Yeah, how is so I never got into like how COVID works. I got the vaccine just because I'm not like <laughs> I, never, a, I never got into how COVID works. I never because like the guys that got into it are all people that wanted to like argue and like tell me stuff, and I'm like, man, I'm not really one of those dudes. I'm <laughs> I'm more of like a nah, just get the vaccine type of dude, you know? Like right. if they like if it if it's gonna like do something with my brain, uh, okay, man, I think everything does something with your brain, whatever. But like, also, yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, what am I going to do? Rewrite history? I'm already on some trajectory, baby. I'm having a good time, okay? I'm living. What am I going to do? Right. I mean, I, I had a friend that... Uh, so I had COVID twice, and neither time was very bad. But I'm, I have a friend, and I love the guy. But he's he's telling me, he's like, I have genuine concerns about uh, you know people's health long-term. You know, We're going to start seeing stuff after they had COVID. I'm very worried about you. And I was like, dude, don't like, I'm, I'm not worried. Not even 1% about, I'm more worried about heart disease and like old age and the infrastructure of my mouth, things like that. You know what I mean? I'm not as concerned about like long-term effects from COVID. Like I'm feeling fine now. If I don't in five years, then I'm going to cross that bridge when I get to, you know. I'll be honest. I never had a shot at the Olympics. You know what I mean? And I'm not being like, oh, no, my shot at the Olympics. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay. If something happened to my lungs, that makes sense. I smoke weed like every day. Something was going to happen to my lungs anyways. Like my brain's not like a, I'm not going to win a Nobel prize over here. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't like rejecting scholarships to follow stand up. All right. right. <laughs> totally. Not a lot of options presented themselves to people like me. That's the thing is I'm looking for options to present themselves. <laughs> that's right. why, uh, you know, that's how that happened. Did you, did either, either you guys get COVID or no? Did you avoid it? You know, I, I've, I've never tested positive for it. But like, I'm pretty. <laughs> it's like herpes. I well, yeah. uh, honestly, I never, I never tested positive. There's some things that made me believe that I might have had it. Well, it's just one of those things because you know, there's like some people were coming back with positive tests and mm -hmm. getting confirmed cases, but it's like there was no symptoms or it, like they didn't feel like they didn't just feel anything, and it wasn't their depression. 
when I worked at Atmosphere, I had to get COVID tested all the time. And one time I got a positive. And so like I was sick and I went home and then by the next day I had a negative. And I was like, we're doing one every day. And they're like, you know, supposed to be seven out of 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think I might have. But at the same time, like, it's like, I don't know, dude, if you're sick and you get a positive, it's pretty dumb to say. I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of the vibe. But also at the same time, it's like I lived in Austin during the pandemic. And I'll be straight with you, dude. I just didn't know people were doing comedy. I didn't know that people were just still doing comedy. I thought it was like a fringe group of psychos. And so I was like, oh, I won't do it. And then like a year or two later, I started doing comedy. I was like, oh, shit, people have been doing this whole time. And honestly, if I would have known, I probably would have done it. Yeah. So it's like probably good I didn't know because like I for sure no matter what my opinions are or anything I probably would have done stand up during like the peak of the pandemic if I would have been offered or known about it. Yeah, you know during the pandemic, like the heat of it, it was uh, it was almost like the rise of the bad at comedy person. Yeah. They 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 looked at it as like, well, I'm going to do these shows and like people were doing shows and then like established like working comics were not really doing a lot of shows and yeah. they were like, I'm getting booked for shit. Yeah. And, and so when the pandemic ended, like, or at least like masks started to come off and the vaccines were available. Uh, a lot of those people were like, what the fuck's going on? It's like, sorry. Like the, the B, the B team had their time, you know, yeah. and like the A team kind of slid right back into a bunch of slots. And, uh, I know a lot of people that started during the pandemic just quit. They were like, no, I can't do it anymore. You know, it's wild. There was like a year where like, I only got asked to do like two or three things and they were all like dog shit, scary, weird, psycho things. And I was like, no, dude, I don't know you. You've never done stand up in Austin. Like I'm not going to do some weirdo show at a bar that's somehow illegally opened in the pandemic. Like get out of here. And then one day, like a good comic I knew was like, I have a show. And I was like, Whoa, okay. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was straight up like, hey, okay, because at first the only thing in Austin available was uh like drive-ins, and so it's like yeah. you could do comedy at the drive-in, and then from there I just saw it expand. But that was like the entry level to like comics that like I was like, oh, you're like a comic that's like good and you get booked and like you're not a uh, pandemic second string ass B team ass fucking bizarro version of the comedy scene. Right. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I remember it was yeah drive-in shows. Because I think Jim Gaffigan and like Burt Kreischer were even doing tours like at like either arena parking lots to have a drive-in style show or at drive-ins during yeah. the pandemic. But then you also had because like uh, one of my buddies in New York who's a comic like they they would do like shows in the park or like these rooftop mm -hmm. uh, shows. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did a one drive-in show. And I did a couple like uh, real fringy, like I shouldn't have done the shows, but they're like, "Hey, we're doing this little speakeasy, bring your own, bring your own beer, kind of thing." And I'm like, "I shouldn't do this," but they're like, "Oh, we'll pay 200 bucks." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, wear a mask." Uh, I mean, it sounded just like a general house party, right? It was it was those kind of shows, but I did Zoom a couple of Zoom shows. A couple of them were good because they were like Posehn had done them. One of them was I hosted a Zoom show for his CD release party, which was for his metal album. And it was like Scott Ian and like, uh, you know, uh, 
the guitar player from fallout boy and i'm like oh, i can't say no to this and we ended up having like a thousand people in into yeah. the zoom way that better was cool. than the zooms i've done <laughs> right and i did a couple that were so sh- i did one uh i did one where i had uh i'm doing this long bit and right when i get to the punchline like it cut out but i didn't realize it so i'm just like doing the punchline and then i finish it and they're like oh we lost you right there at the end uh you know is there any way and i just was i just turned my laptop off i didn't even say goodbye i was soft dude fuck this i hate this i was getting asked to do zoom shows by like the same group of zoom show people and what was cool is like i got to do with a bunch of small time comics that were like all over the nation i was like oh that's kind of fun that's like the fun aspect of the zoom it's how they're filling it up but then i did this thing where like when they asked for it to be my turn I like just stripped down into a banana thong and then pretended like I forgot what set I was going to do and then kind of just turned off my phone. And so like, they were like, I thought it was funny. And they were like, yeah, we're done with the zoom entertainment on your end. And I'm like, there's no way that someone wasn't like, that's the funniest bit of there's like one person out there. That's like, that's what I think is funny. Yeah. Hey baby, I didn't get a standing ovation in the zoom show, but I think someone really liked that one bit. All right. Yeah. I, I had a couple of jerkers uh hit the zoom and like the person was producing the zooms like trying to turn out and it was during my set and uh in the chat they were like johnny i'm jacking off to you and at first i was like disgusting and then i was like word like you're jacking off to me well i mean maybe let him stay it's flattering it's flattering yeah, I remember when I was like 16 and 17 on chat roulette, and I remember coming across some guy jacking off, and I didn't click away. And then, like, he just did his thing to completion, say like three minutes. And then he was like, thanks. And he skipped me. And I was like, whoa, you just looked at me until you came. I don't know. I felt, I kind of felt like a G. I was like, damn, I'm hot. This guy, yeah. I'm, this, this guy wants me, you know? So there's a certain person out there that sees guys like you and me that are like, I like that. Dude, early 2000s, like 2011, 2012, there was like a shirt that was popular among like mall moms that was like chubby, bearded, tattooed, and awesome. And it was like just a tie. It's like if you're like a chubby, bearded, kind of weird guy that's yatted out, mm-hmm. I have a mustache t- tattooed on my finger for you. I'm in love with you. <laughs> like right, it was just right. those types of girls were going loco and would ask girls all the time would come up and be like, oh, can we touch your beard? And it's yeah. like, do not let the internet rewrite what's wrong with your brain. I should scare you. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I should I know. not think I'm safe. I know. I never. I never grew this for you. I grew <laughs> this. I grew this because I hate looking at my chin in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, you know? I have bad hygiene practice in general. All right, this right. is less effort than you could ever imagine. <laughs> oh, I'm lazy. That's all this yeah. is. I can tell when it's time to trim my beard. Where like the level of like dudes that unprompted talk to me about it gets like way too high yeah you're like i need to like, trim yeah there's this level where where guys come up to me or start wanting to like think that that's something we can bond over and it's like listen man i'm just in this restaurant just like you all right <laughs> i'm just a normal buddy you're just we're just two normal guys enjoying hamburgers right now you don't need to know how i take a bite of something or eat soup okay <laughs> right, right man so you started 2010 you moved to LA and then did you live in Santa Cruz and now you're back in Sacramento full time? No, I never, I never lived in Santa Cruz. I, I perform in Santa Cruz a lot, but yeah, so I was in SAC for a, a minute and then I, uh, you know, it's my hometown. I love SAC. And then I moved to LA 
from 2016 to 2019. Uh, and I moved back. I broke up with my ex and I did, I was like, I'm going to go on the road for six months straight and just like uh, cheap hotels, sleep in my car and like couch surf. So I did that for six months and uh, it was very glamorous homelessness. Like I ended up staying with like people that had really cool guest rooms and uh, you know, friends that I hadn't seen in a while. It was actually super cool. So I did that for six months and then I was like, well, where do I go? So I didn't know if I was going to like, this was late 2019. And I was like, do I stay in SAC? Do I go to like Denver or Austin or a satellite scene? I, I knew I didn't want to go back to LA uh, just because it's, it's such a sad, sad place. So I was thinking either Brooklyn or Austin or Denver, Portland, maybe just a place that had a cool satellite scene. That was all I really cared about. Uh, and I was already, you know, working the road, you know, 10 or 12 weeks of the year with Posehn. And, uh, you know, I had a re- I have a record deal, so I had another record to make. And I was like, man, like, do I want to, I don't want to be an actor necessarily, which ironically, I've done so much acting in the last year. But uh, I, I just wanted to do stand-up someplace where I knew I could get stage time and, and uh, had a, a airport that had direct flights. So... Uh, I ended up, but I was like, man, I, so I fell in love with this, with this girl um, who I'm still with and she's a comic and I was like, I'll stay in stack, you know, see where this goes. So, you know, here I am still, you know, but moving out of LA right before the pandemic was a good call because that place got real. That place got very, very sad. It got sadder than it normally is. All those Uh, people trying stand up to try and boost their acting career. Yeah, right. they're all dead now. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. R- rest in piss, bitch. <laughs> that, like that, that's that's what I've always heard about the L.A. scene is that you get a lot of the actors that like dabble in stand up, and they just kind of muddy the waters because it's like, well, you're not really here to actually hone your craft as a stand up comedian. Like you're you're here just get, trying to get attention, and it's like. So you can just have another thing on your resume when you go in for an audition. Yeah. I mean, and they're awful. Uh, I always tell people LA it's a hundred, hundred of the best comics you've ever seen in your life getting up on stage, like almost every night. And it's 10,000 of the worst. Holding <laughs> like, up, holding up that stage for them. <laughs> yeah. It's so, uh, yeah. LA is such a weird place. Um, so I was happy I moved and, it would take something cataclysmic for me to move back. You know, I'd have to like, it'd have to be like, you have to be on a sitcom and it shoots down here. I'd be like, okay. But other than like a huge career opportunity, I'd probably not ever go back there. It would need to be that move where you can do the, the, the move that like a Joe Rogan or even, even someone of a level is like, jb smooth where it's like you can just drive up to the club and susan you get out you go on stage do your 15 and then you're right out yeah yeah you know i I had and i was getting like i was getting decent stage time when i was there and i would go up and uh you know i I remember doing some spots on uh potluck at the comedy store and then doing a couple of shows that i had friends that that would book me for and the booker uh, was this guy named Adam, and he he was like, "You're really good. Like, I, I I love like how you present dark material." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." And like that means a lot, you know. 
And he was like, so, you know, I would suggest you like hang out. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to hang out for the late show. And he's like, no, I mean, like you should, you know, come here and, and just hang out. And I was like, dude, I'm in my forties. Like, I'm not trying to fucking <laughs> hang out at the comedy store. It doesn't mean it, I, I understand the romance behind the comedy store to a bunch of people. It, it doesn't mean that much to me. Like I, I already work, you know, I don't have to, you know, Carson's not on anymore. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> it, late night spots and stand up comedy mean nearly nothing. Anymore. Like it means more to have a TikTok following. I hate to say that, but you know, getting on late night is like, it does so little. And then people get it and then they won't even use the credit to their advantage. You know, I've had people get, you know, get on Col Colbert and then hit me up and be like, Hey, I'm trying to get booked over here. I'm like, you have a fucking TV credit. Like, why are you coming to me? I don't like, I don't what, you know, I have a podcast. You know what I mean? I'm not, I ain't the guy, you know, make friends. Make oh. friends with people that have more pool than I do. You know, make friends with people with really good TV credits. Right, right. You know, I've got a couple TV credits, but yours is better. You know, how oh, am I yeah. getting work and you're not? You know, is the question. It's because it's a lot of old buyers in the Midwest, <laughs> right? The East Coast. It's like because because you know when they hear Colbert or Conan, it's like oh yeah, like that. That's really cool. Like you know, he's got that. He's got the vibe check. But then they hear it's like. Hey, there's this 23-year-old who's young, dumb, full of cum, JT Kelly, and he's got a million likes on TikTok, and he's got like 9 million likes on some of his tweets, and they're just like, what the hell is that crap? Like, isn't that where you go to get canceled? Like, how is he famous there? And they just right. they just throw it out, you know? Right. Yeah. It's comedy so, comedy so weird, and it's not for the reasons people act like it is, like, people act like PC culture is destroying comedy and it's not at all. It's, no. uh, you know, I'm, I'm dark. I'm super filthy, uh, at times. And dude, you can say whatever the fuck you want, but just realize that there's consequences, you know, like say, say what you say, whatever you need to say. And if people get upset, that's up to them, you know? you've now handed your art over to the listener and they can react however the fuck they want to it. And if it's with That's, outrage, it's outrage. My favorite thing is the people that hold that opinion to where it's like, Oh, cancel cultures, ruin comedy are never comedians. Right. Like the, only the cringiest, most annoying dad ass. It's the most like fucking like random ass frat dudes that tell me like, Oh dude, Oh, you know, cancel cultures, ruin comedy. It's like, really dude, I crushed tonight. I'm a, right. I, I'm a horrible right. person. No one's ever stopped me from being a bad person, man. I, I get to do comedy every night of the week. You know, right, <laughs> nothing's right. ever stopped me. Never been the good guy in the story, and I still get to tell the story every fucking night, baby. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's so like silly. JT, JT goes on stage every night and tells how he committed a felony and lied to an officer by pretending to be deaf. Oh, uh, that's a beautiful... That, see, to me, that's just a triumph over adversity. That's yeah. how I frame it, brother. <laughs> you, you, gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive. But I mean, you know, being able to tell those stories and get get laughs and you know a crowd engaged for like twenty minutes, like you can't say that can't like cancel culture is ruining comedy. Right. 
you know i mean maybe it's how people present it you know it's oh, yeah. uh maybe people present their bullshit it was such a hateful tone or with such a, a cringy uh you know disposition that people are just like just do your stand-up with a fucking some humility and some humanity and you could get any story about any subject across you know it, it's i'll get off my soapbox <laughs> no i like your soapbox I, I, I that's something i'll never understand is like I've always, and like, maybe I'm not best friends with all types of people, like across the political spectrum and from every different backgrounds of life. But like, generally, if you're in a crowd, my goal is to make you laugh wherever you are. You know what I mean? And like, if you can't make a certain type of person laugh, honestly, dude, either side, like if your jokes, conservatives can't bang with at all. I'm like, dude, you're probably not like as funny as you think you are then. You're probably being a little too preachy. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've seen so much applause comedy in the past couple of years to where it's like, yeah, dude, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you're saying, oh, dude, yeah, uh, hey, buddy, I agree. Hey, you don't need to make a goof out of some people don't agree, man. Everyone agrees with you, buddy. You know what I mean? Right. When, people get, me. when people get a bunch of applause breaks, I always, uh, I always call it a feat. I'm like, it wasn't really a joke. It was, it was a feat. You know, it was a it was a, a bit constructed to get the crowd to all agree with you at the same time. Uh, so they clap instead of laugh. I'm like, give me people dying in the aisle all day over, you know, 15 applause breaks, you know, John you're, not, you're not there for applause. In the audience. Yeah. I'll, I'll like yeah. never forget this like open mic, like maybe like eight, nine years ago in Austin at Empire Control Room, where like sometimes, you know how like uh, students at a comedy class have to like host an open mic or something or do an open mic? So like this was uh-huh. an open mic with a revolving guest, I mean, a revolving host of people that have <clears throat> taken a comedy class. Oh, yeah. And this girl, awesome. I remember this girl hosted and she got up and she was just like a young, like Indianish white girl, whatever. This is like fucking, you know. 2014 whatever and she immediately just goes so white people and then points the microphone like like away from her like she's waiting for people to go white people with her and it's oh, like wow. girl, we don't know if you're what you're gonna say about white people i don't know if you know what you come off to us <laughs> oh, we don't God. know like we have no clue where this is going you That's don't a, have the context you think we have right now what a crazy open-ended question she's like <laughs> why it's like white people the master race am i right <laughs> uh, yeah. you're just like oh hello yeah. not on board yet white people arm yourselves <laughs> no clue right. Right. time is now <laughs> and right. she, she hosted the whole open by getting drunker and drunker and kept trying to not just open-ended questions either but just like very blanket statements and it was just the most like Damn, in your mind, you're in a room of people that it's like, hey, we're all smart, fun comics. We're all sick of white supremacy in comedy. And that's what we're all joking about right now. And just zero content. Because, hey, there's a way to make that super funny, white people making fun of white people. That's not as cringe as you can make it just right out the gate, right? Like, anything's fun. But it's just like the the context that she gave us, which is just like, hey, dude, you guys ready to be on my team? (laughs) Right, right. I love that she was cocky about it, too. Yeah, that's how you got to hit the stage, baby. I bet she's crushing now. It's like 10 years ago. Yeah, she's probably, uh, yeah, she's, she's probably, probably she's still probably, taking that class. Yeah, she probably, <laughs> she probably isn't. Let's be real. She's um, in the class now. Yeah. It was a I, class fail class. 
Yeah. You know, I teach a storytelling class and uh, I always say, you know, it's, this class isn't graded, but it's, or it's pass or fail. And uh, this last run, somebody was like, well, how do we know which one we are? And I was just like, oh, you'll know. You'll, <laughs> you'll know. You'll, you'll know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think it's interesting uh, when uh, I, I, this is uh, adjacent to what you're talking about, JT, but I was watching Eliza Schlesinger, just the trailer. I'm not going to, I can't. I don't have the wherewithal uh, right I watched now. I the whole special, brother. I don't have the wherewithal to watch it yet. I, I've opened for Eliza a couple times, and I think she's funny. But just the trailer, when she's she's like talking about going on vacation, and all these, she's like, oh, my God, there's these beautiful girls. And they're like, we're from Michigan. And I'm like, are you that, like, do you have that little self-awareness to realize, like, you are that person. You're like this beautiful like you have a wonderful life like you're rich you get to do whatever the fuck you want like you're not, like they are they're you you're at the same place as them for a reason you know yeah. like it's i was at the country club the other day no. and this absolute out of touch woman <laughs> yeah i'm just like you didn't happen upon belize <laughs> you know what i mean like, you weren't waiting for a bus in aruba you went there <laughs> right, right. You, you, you got on a plane from Hollywood. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, just the uh, you know the new new twenty three year old white girl comic being like, why people? It's like, yeah, you are one, and you are the oppressor. Yeah. So Do your you parents better, know you're saying this. You better Have figure you the, in front of your parents. Right. You better you better figure this out because you know. It's uh, give us context immediately. Or I'm assuming the worst. <laughs> White people. Okay. <laughs> no, what are you, what's next? We're good. Hey, we're chill. Yeah. Everyone be yeah. easy in here. We don't need any type of issue like you're doing right now. <laughs> right. It's very strange. Man, so, yeah, I love the sack again. That's tight. <laughs> Hella tight, dude. It's hella tight. I love Sacramento. I miss it all the time. I do stand up every time I'm there, and every time I'm there, it gets better and better. It's great like, crowds, great, great comics. Sac oh, yeah. is such an underrated scene. Uh, you know, it's a super diverse city, which people don't realize as that, you know, we have literally all types of people uh, in Sac. And uh, yeah, it's fucking Sac's a great scene. I'm happy I came up in it. I'm going back to Austin soon. I was just there. I was just there, but I'm going back again. I uh, I was I did a show there like three weeks ago, but I haven't been back yet. I did Vulcan Gas Company uh, okay. with with, yep. with Brian Posehn. So uh, we did five shows there, and it, it's definitely like we usually do Capital City when we're there, but they weren't like fully a hundred percent back yet, and uh, so we did this other one, and it's very like the Rogan crowd is there it wasn't the traditional like uh uh austin crowds that posein usually draws and they treated us amazing and the the shows are super fun but it's definitely like a different vibe uh have you done that one no it's fun i was actually just about to say like there are people that don't do that don't haven't seen comedy in austin before when i they say oh you do comedy 
do you do Vulcan? And I'd be like, oh, no, I haven't done Vulcan. And that'd be kind of like the measurement for them to see if I was a real comedian. Oh, it's wow. like, oh, if you don't do the room that Rogan does. Well, it's, wow, the vibe. It's funny because the Vulcan gas, like that room used to be a dance club before the pandemic. Yeah. Man. Like I think this. they still do that kind of shit, too. Oh, yeah. I think there was a rave right after one of our shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, it's funny. I thought they were going to close down because you make so much money doing raves, but I think they like it so much they just do the raves later now. Yeah, it's like coming yeah. at two. Yeah, um, it's wild. I'm, I'm going back November fifth and sixth. Whoever's listening in Austin, uh, I'll be headlining the Velveeta Room, uh, nice. which is one of my favorite rooms. And uh, it looks like I, I, I dropped by last time I was in town, and it uh, looked like the crowd was a little light. I'm guessing the Sixth Street comedy competition is uh, heating up because a lot of comedy on Sixth Street. You got fucking Creek right there and Vulcan right there now. Yeah, it's got to be tough on a weekend to to make it happen when you uh, you don't have like super huge headliners. So we'll see. I'm hoping we get a crowd, but if not, at least I'm in Austin and doing stand up. Nice. I'm sure you'll crush there. I've every show I've seen there in the past like year has had a good crowd. Cool. I'm stoked. Hell fucking yeah. Well, I'm glad you plugged your show. What else can we plug for you? We're kind of wrapping up. We're at like 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, so just follow me on the things at Hipsterocracy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, go listen to my albums. I got two of them, Bumming with the Devil and Tangled Up in Plaid, all on stand-up records. You can find them on Spotify and Apple Music. They used to play me on Sirius XM, but uh, due to the songwriting uh, uh, issue uh, between uh, whatever fucking group is fighting for our songwriting rights, uh, Sirius, oh, yeah. has, Sirius has taken me off for now, but uh, I hope to be what back on there soon. Giants? Uh, yeah, yeah, Talking Giants, that's what it is. Um, so... Yeah, I'm all mixed up in that shit. So we'll see what what happens. But uh, um, and then uh, when does this come out? Monday, I reckon. Okay, so yeah. I will uh, I will be in uh, at the Sandman Comedy Club with Brian Posehn, October twentieth through the twenty second. If you're in Richmond, Virginia, come see me there. Uh, Santa Cruz Hotel Paradox on the twenty seventh. Greater Purpose Brewing on the twenty eighth. Uh, I will be at the Neptune Theater October 30th with Melissa Villasenor in Seattle, Washington, and then at the Hawthorne Theater on Halloween night with Melissa Villasenor in Portland. So come see a show. You got a lot of good stuff coming up, Playboy. No, I'm doing, I'm doing true, a true road warrior. That yeah, is can, <laughs> oh, it's going to kill me. <laughs> What's worth the ribs is glistening The guy I see the pool cause the top is missing I sleep on dreams cause it's paper I'm chasing My roots come from Texas, this pimp-pimp-pimp-lation p- One to five, mm. one to five, mm. one, 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 one One to five, mm. one to five, mm. one to five, mm. one to five, mm. one, 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 one Wonder side, wonder side, wonder side, wonder side.